Welcome to our podcast today. Today we have Hala. Hala, thanks for coming and joining us today. Thank you very much, James. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Hala, there's so much happening out there in terms of the technology changes. We're, we're really undergoing a, an era in which technology is changing all aspects of the organization. We're talking about the Internet of Things. We're talking about blockchain, artificial intelligence. And there's a possible number of different scenario futures that could evolve from that. One of which is that there's a concern that we as humans might be replaced in the work environment and we might see that artificial intelligence and other computing capabilities, robotics, for example, take over much of our work. And we might even lose purpose as a, as a species out there in terms of what it is that we do. Many of us define ourselves in terms of our profession. What are you seeing out there in terms of the future for work? And even more, more pressing, I guess, is how do we adapt as, as individuals within the work environment for a future in which we may be working alongside a intelligence, it may not be at the human level, but it may be able to do much of the computing analysis and decision-making that humans now do. What's, what's the future hold and how should we adapt to it? You know, I, I really like uh, the summary that you just uh, offered, James, because it's a very realistic uh, snapshot of what we see happening around us. So I think it is a time of great opportunity, and there's a lot of stuff that's going on around the uh, AI piece, the automation, um, tapping into efficiencies. And it's also a time where people might be feeling a little bit unsure about what does the future hold? Where does that place me? What do I do? And what can we kind of look at and do as people who have choice and ownership of our decisions? And so I always like to look at it that there's a lot going on, but we can definitely identify some leverage points around what is happening around us in these transforming workspaces and what are things that we can do um, as individuals and things that organizations can do uh, within the broader context. Um, actually, this was an area that particularly interests me um, while I was working on my Master of Design in Foresight and Innovation at OCAD University about a couple of years ago. I co-authored work with a colleague of mine and we really looked at uh, the changing world of work. We looked at um, economic trends, social trends, political trends. Uh, we conducted a whole bunch of interviews, talked to a whole bunch of people. And our objective uh, was to really better understand that also in the face of AI and robotics and the, fourth, and the rise of the fourth industrial revolution, we're also seeing an aging population. Um, and what does that look like? And where do we, in the middle of all of this that is going on, decide on what we want to do and what is a possible suggested path forward. Um, so that was the work that we worked on for, uh, for about eight months and we came up with some conclusions that I would love to share with you. So right off the bat, I think the biggest piece is that um, 
while there will be a need for some jobs to be automated, automated uh, there's the transactional. What we do see that in jobs where there's a lot of use of tacit knowledge, tacit knowledge is when you've done something, you've built experience over a period of time, there's a level of fluency and comfort that you have. Jobs that require um, sense-making, identifying ideas across lateral, using your lateral thinking piece, which is really looking at the big picture, being able to connect the dots across disciplines, those are things that will be highly in need and highly rewarded. And I can dig into a little bit more of some of the work that we did that really, I think, offers some solid facts around how people can um, better understand uh, some of the big blocks that are impacting or, or the bigger pieces that are impacting um, our world and will impact them for quite a time to come. Hello. when I think of individuals that are just entering into the workforce and maybe those individuals are the most concerned with the uh, potential takeover of jobs and how do they um, have that knowledge or acquire that knowledge which is more system and integrated as most uh, educational institutions will focus people down into a particular discipline or profession and they come into the workforce and they're very narrowly focused around their skill area over time maybe 10 15 20 years in the workforce in their profession they start to acquire that bigger picture and the ability to as you say uh, integrate knowledge and expertise and and have a, a systems level understanding but as we're seeing in in the work environment which is moving quicker and quicker do we have that time to develop that systems level knowledge and how can individuals who are just starting into the work environment develop that bigger picture and so really i think maybe the question is can you afford not to so let me share with you a quote that I think, and, and I will definitely go back to talking about people who are um, leaving school or maybe are fresh graduates. I think what was interesting, what we saw is these trends are really, there's this notion that we, that generations experience things differently. And absolutely, we all have our different perspective. But what we do know is the world is impacting all of us in a certain way. And what came, what came out is that whether you're the person graduating and starting out, whether you're the person who's in the midpoint of your career, or you might be someone who, is, uh, who has an established uh, career, um, one idea that's going to remain is very much inspired by the quote of Alvin Toffler that talks about the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read or write, but those who cannot learn and unlearn. And that to me is a really powerful uh, quote. So going back to your question, there's definitely the learning opportunities that we do. There's traditional ways of learning. And I think we live in very exciting times where uh, people are able to build their competencies by exposure to webinars, um, talks, conversations. I think creating a headspace where people are approaching this from not a fear-based lens, but a lens that's very much around a sense of curiosity, a willing to explore new ways of thought. Um, you have tons of options online from MOOCs to uh, courses that are offered for free uh, to people taking play, um, 
participating in things like design jams where you're uh, set with a particular challenge, you come up with research ideas, you collaborate with a whole bunch of people you've never met before. And so I think taking the learning lens and applying it to a broader context that doesn't just apply to sitting in a classroom, I think is really a broad trend that we see. And it also allows people to have choice. Sometimes people are in their job and they've been doing that for a while. And it gets to the point where it's like, okay, where do I want to go next? I would actually argue that for people starting out, it is very much about having an idea and normalizing the concept of career iteration. I'm using the term iteration very intentionally versus transition, which to me seems a little bit defined. Iteration means that we will go through different points in our careers where we will take skills, we'll be exposed to other things, and we will build on them. And every time we iterate things, um, you know, improve, they get better, or we see things in a different light. We're building up that tacit knowledge piece. And I think being okay with that piece and saying that I am someone who's going to continuously learn and pick up new things around areas that interest me. I'm going to have a broad range of topics that I'm going to explore in a very deliberate, intentional, and systematic way. I think is one way to come at this. And what's interesting is that we've seen this applies to people across the board. What we are seeing as well is that with a life expectancy at around 83, 85 years uh, for people living in Canada, does it make sense for people to retire at 60? If that is something that people want to pursue, absolutely. I think what we're seeing is a redefining of how long people want to work for and what does work mean to them and how much they want to be involved and engaged. I've met particular people who are innovating, working in tech, doing a million things at later points in their lives. And they are participating, contributing to the economy, and they are really redefining what work means to them and how they've taken those previous skills and added on to them. So it's interesting that this applies to people who are starting out and people who are looking um, at iterating many times and then looking to stay involved uh, beyond the traditional age of retirement. Hella, certainly some of the articles that I've been reading around uh, health and wellness suggests that one should never retire. Absolutely. I actually have a quote for you. This is by uh, Inayatullah, who is a futurist. And futurists are people who peer into the future, not through a crystal ball. They're looking at trends, political, economic, social. They're looking at a whole bunch of things. And they're kind of saying, this is what we see. And one of the biggest, and this is a quote that I, I'm going to read here, workplaces are not only places where people earn money and make friends, workplaces also create personal meaning and a sense of community. Organizations that seek to develop high-performance problem-solving individuals and teams need to foster a culture that supports their workers, that drives agency within their work. The term here is agency, ownership. How can people 
um, drive their career narrative? What are the choices that they're making? I think for the longest time, we have assumed that organizations will manage our careers for us. They're, you know, I work hard. I do, you know, I achieve all these objectives. The organization comes to me and says, here is a promotion. Absolutely, we still see that happening. But now more than ever, I think people need to be in the driver's seat and need to be the people driving that conversation and saying, hey, I see this project. I'd love to kind of put my hand out up for that. Um, another way that people can continue to learn and, and, and kind of have that ownership piece is finding out what projects are out there. What are some stretch assignments that you can put up your hand up for? How can you make sure that you are being selected to be on those cross-functional cross teams? It's really looking at work as a place where we have community, we're deriving identity, um, and as well, uh, being able to be on those interesting projects that are coming up. So that's also another way that people can continue to learn on the job. Hella, then what I'm hearing in terms of uh, skills or directions that we need to take are, you've mentioned a, a systematic w approach to learning. And I assume that also means uh, one should have the skill of adaptability. You also mentioned that a goal for this is to integrate knowledge from a variety of different sources to, to have that systems level understanding. However, one of the possible outcomes for artificial intelligence and the next industrial revolution is that we, it may be very different than the industrial revolutions that we saw in the past. The first industrial revolution replaced brawn with machine. And when we looked at the information revolution, it replaced, uh, I guess, some of the more administrative processes of gathering and managing information. And there's been suggestion that the, the industrial revolution that we're in right now is focused on brains, the ability to think, and that includes creativity. It's been suggested that the generations of artificial intelligence connected to the Internet of Things will tap into what we think of distinctly human, and that is creativity. So if I go back to what I, I said originally in terms of learning adaptability and having that systems view. Well, if AI is is biting into our what we thought is uniquely creative capability or the ability to integrate knowledge, where else do you see people should focus on in terms of their learning and gathering their own expertise, either, either to move in different directions or to be able to work with the new technologies that are out there, such as artificial intelligence? Absolutely. And I think, well, we do know that there are some uh, jobs that will not and cannot be automated. And that brings us to the next piece, which is what are those things in addition to uh, being able to continue to learn, uh, take on new ideas, integrate them. A couple of um, skills that we have seen, I'm not sure they're called skills, they're more around competencies. So creativity is one of them, and creativity doesn't exist in a void. Um, this is where I'd like to bring it back to the leadership piece, to the organizational piece. We do know that uh, creativity doesn't exist in a vacuum. There are 
leadership um, factors that contribute to that, everything from um, having learning organizations that uh, create a safe space where people are able to share ideas, um, having funding around it. Uh, we do know that when leadership is involved and there's a, a commitment to that, that's when creativity does flourish. So having conversations around, uh, you know, like we want to be creative, but then there's no resources allocated for that or uh, the leadership doesn't really see value in it, that's really not going to go anywhere. Um, what we do see as well is when organizations manage for emergence, and what does that mean is that they are okay um, not kind of continuing what has been going on for the last 30 years. It's not saying anything that has been in the past is not a value. It's just they are very attuned to saying, we will follow whatever the pattern that is emerging and we are okay with doing that and we're going to help people to get there. So I think at the organizational level, that's definitely a conversation that needs to be had. We do know that organizations that do um, embrace learnings and apply techniques um, that go beyond just putting people in the classroom especially when people are uh, working with certified leadership coaches um, so consistently for a period of time around um, in a one-on-one -on -one setting when there's a coaching culture so that means that people are able to identify ideas they're then able to work through them um, in a very systematic way uh, we see over time and this is research from um, derived from the International Coach Federation, uh, we do know that those coaching cultures do actually lead to uh, an increase in revenue in the bottom line, and, and we do see that. Um, so this is one piece around creating the those enablers. They're going to allow people to be creative that is going to make that come to life and take it from the realm of the abstract to what needs to be happening. At the level of the individual, there are some competencies that we definitely do need that are beyond the technicals, things like social intelligence. It's everything from deciding on how am I reading a situation if I'm pitching an idea, who do I need to be speaking to, how am I incorporating the ideas, it's around novel and adaptive thinking. Are we coming up with solutions because we are making the same assumptions over and over again? Or can we kind of look at things so that the assumptions that we're basing the decisions on can actually come in a different light? Things like emotional intelligence, which seems to be a buzzword. Emotional intelligence is everything from knowing how to emotionally regulate in the face of um, hardship that might come up, or lots of change, how we view ourselves in the world, our, abil our ability to um, be resilient and comfort ourselves and find outcomes that might help everyone, how we have agency uh, and ownership of the decisions that we make. A big piece is also cross-cultural competency. So I'm kind of highlighting, James, all the areas that I don't think AI can do or at this point is able to bring and that's all those ideas and concepts that allow us to direct how things are moving in organizations that go beyond the technical the ability to have empathy to read a room um, 
to get buy-in, to rally troops, um, those things will remain very, very human. Certainly hear you when you're talking about uh, emerging patterns and I, and bringing in the social intelligence aspect. And one of the things that I'm seeing out there is that we are no longer in the era in which patterns mean moving from A to B to C and then anticipating D, that kind of linear sequence of patterns. But we're much more in the era in which we move from A to B to C, but Q, F, um, G and Z have influences on C in a way that C now more likely is going to go to W rather than D. So understanding the influences that are occurring and how patterns and trends will shift and the most likely outcome of those. As Hal, as we come to the end of our podcast, do you have any takeaways for our listeners? Absolutely. Um, I think my biggest takeaway is approaching this from a lens of opportunity and optimism. Uh, hey, this is a brave new world and there's so much that we can do and resources that we can access. There's been a lot of democratization around how content is shared online for good and we more than ever see opportunities where we can put up our hand volunteer on a project become involved in a nonprofit organization who have real world issues and might be looking for feedback insights comments so sense making is going to be in really high demand as machines take over rogue jobs so i think if we are embracing the opportunity the world of we can there is so much that, that we can really accomplish and grow our skills along the way i think the final quote that i'd really love to share from with you is one that personally inspires me. It's uh, the quote by Angela Duckworth from her book, Grit to the Power of Passion and Perseverance. She talks about career direction as a little bit of discovery followed by a lot of development and then, and then a lifetime of deepening interests that are not discovered through introspection. Instead, they are triggered by interactions with the outside world. That's a good quote to end our podcast today. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure chatting to you, James.